Hey, welcome to the UGA Sports Live uh, edition. Welcome to UGA Sports Live, this week's edition from Classic City Eats. Um, I was sitting there looking at all this food in front of me. It's made me stumble my words right to start off the show. Uh, huge plate of uh, fried livers over here. That's These chicken livers are just going to kill you folks. But yes, my name is Roddy DeBulls. I'm here at Classic City Eats. Uh, darting my eyes sideways constantly, looking at all the food on the table. I'm joined by our number one uh Attraction, if you will, our number one person and coach, Jim Donnan, the former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, a Hall of Famer himself. Uh, the reason you're all tuned in, you guys are looking at him on the screen waiting for his insights, just like I'm looking at the food here at Classic City Eats. And, of course, we have Dane Young, who's uh, been pressed into duty, even though he's uh, been under the weather and has a family under the weather. And if Dane has to cut out, then y'all let him go take care of his family. But uh, he's uh, he's playing injured, so we appreciate Dane stepping up and uh, coming to – uh, I wasn't. I wasn't going to miss coach two weeks in a row. I mean, <laughs> Russ was great last week, but like, we, yeah. we got to get coach a stake on this roster, man. There's some stuff happening. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm coach, surprised y'all let me back on after Russ, man. I mean, yeah, well, he's a lot better than you, but I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're contract contractually obligated to stick with you. You know, we just we can't we can't fire you. You're like a 26 uh, year. Uh, state employee we just can't get rid of we tried we've written you up a bunch of times but it just doesn't work where is that contract i've never seen it. <laughs> it's in the mail right <laughs> yeah uh, i do want to speak of contracts we i signed one with a, a different sort of contract i signed one with athens ford the other day i went out there we took my son out there i surprised him i told my son i had to go out there and drop off some paperwork we take him to athens ford i walk in the door and my wife's there and he doesn't even think anything of it he's like oh mom's here and I'm like, hey, Habibi, I need to rip off this paperwork. Well, that was a lie. We're here to get your car. And his face, he's like, what? No, wait, what? And he, it took him a minute to process it. But we took him out to Athens Ford. We, my wife and I had been out there previously. And we looked around through all their, we're getting him a new car, I mean, a, a used car. Uh, but we, we want to get one with a lifetime powertrain warranty, which is what they all come with out there if they're under 80,000 miles. And we were looking for a low mileage car, safe, because he's 18, he's, you know, he graduates this coming Saturday. And uh, one is something super safe, low mileage, newer, you know, late model. We had like five different models out there to choose from. We wound up going with the uh, Toyota uh, Camry, uh, 2018 Toyota Camry. Got it for a song, you know, even though all the used cars everywhere in this nation are really expensive compared to what they used to be. They're up about 35%. But the folks at Athens Ford took great care of us because they're basically just trying to keep people uh, in in vehicles, so they're buying them and they're selling them basically right above what they're buying them for. They're not making a ton of money on the uh, used cars, and they did a great job getting my son squared away. So shout out to Timmy Gay and uh, Brian Clover and all the folks at the Athens Ford for taking great care of us. It was a wonderful experience, his first car experience. Uh, very pleased with how well they took care of us. And again, uh, if you need a newer used vehicle, they have over 200 on the lot. That's not true in most places you go. So when you get a uh, shout out to our uh, friends at Athens Ford and that uh, new contract we signed for the hit car loan. So appreciate them. Uh, Coach, let's talk Georgia news. Uh, the news kind of broke last night late that uh, Marcus Washington, the class of 2023 uh, Georgia commit, has reclassified as a 2022 guy. And now this secondary player will be here with, with the Georgia players. I'm assuming you said March 30 or May 31st when the freshmen arrived. He's going to come in a year early how, how does that work well it all uh, stems to me from this the lack of numbers in our secondary the fact that we've had uh guys like kimber leave uh, some guys get hurt whatever it might be you know depth is a real issue we do have uh, humphrey and uh singletary coming in and and this new class that's you know that didn't get to come here in the spring but uh, the people that watch our show know a lot more about football than the, than the average fan. And, and they understand that, you, you know, you have to have corners to live in today's college game. You have to have two starters, but you also, the star position has evolved to a situation where it's like a fifth corner. It's not like a nickel safety used to be where you right, just had right. a guy that run, run support and play run some zone blitzes and all. you got to have a guy that can play in the slot and cover. And that's evidenced by the fact that Brini tried to for all year, but then when it really got push came to shove, 
we had to move a pool in there to cover people so we could play man coverage. Uh, Brini just couldn't hold up in that. That's not his fault, but you know, you've got to have guys that can, can play that position. Uh, we lost uh, Stevenson to Miami on the transfer. I mean, he was coming along good there. So I think what we'll do here is just have another guy to look at either as a corner or as a star, uh, a, a guy that can come in and play special teams. He's got blazing speed along with these other two that are coming in, Singletary and Humphrey. So, uh, you know, people worry about roster management and numbers and everything. I think they probably need to go out to your pie or academia, have a beer, and not worry about that. Kirby's <laughs> going to take care of the, uh, of the roster management. I mean, he's not going to uh, do anything that's going to really piss off the people here in, in our uh, dog nation. He knows what he's doing roster management-wise. I mean, yeah. look over the years. The first year he's here, he got the kid from – Smith from Alabama, and we needed a corner. He, he knows a whole lot more about that than any of us, and and his and his staff does too. But if you just look at the evolution real quickly of that position, you look at Jackson playing star, Mika Fitzpatrick going in and playing, uh, who is a pro corner now. He was playing uh, star at Alabama. Uh, you know our defense is very similar to theirs. If you can't play man coverage. And, and rush the passer, which you've got to do with five and six people. Once you go five and six-man rush, you've got to play man on the perimeter. And if you can't, you can't win in college football. I'm just going to give you a declarative center point. You've got to play some man coverage. Now, you can't live and die with it, for sure, because the good teams are going to hurt you. But uh, the really good drop-back teams are good drop-back teams against the mediocre teams because they can protect but they go against the people like Georgia uh, that can rush the passer. Alabama, it showed you the difference between a pass rush in the championship game and the national championship game. I mean, it's just a different ball game when you can play man coverage and light that quarterback up. So uh, I think, Kirby, the, the whole issue is here. We know it's a given about this kid's heritage, about his ability, his ability to run. And it was just a – Based on what I see reading in the cards here, Kirby talked to his dad. He talked to the family. He said, look, you've probably got a better chance of playing this year than maybe you do next year. When all these other guys come in here this summer, they're going to have the edge on you. I mean, all these guys like Everett, Humphrey, Singletary, all these guys are, are going to have that year of training, and you're going to come in here, but you're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. Now, he, he wouldn't say that exactly like I that, know. you know, but you know what I mean. To me, he's got a better chance this year than he will next year. That's, that's a great point. I think when you look at uh, how the different variations they were putting out there, and you mentioned Dalen Everett. We heard a lot about him in spring practice. But Humphreys and Singletary are two of the top-rated cornerbacks in the nation. That's a one. This secondary class for 2022 is insane. And if you're going to come in in 2023 and those guys are established, that's a good point. I'd come in and go head-to-head with them, and the kid's obviously bright enough to do it. So why not? And you just take for granted people like Malachi Starks. I mean, I've starred just because he's from Jefferson and he practiced all spring. Hey, this guy's going to be a player. Uh, go back to the evolution of Christopher Smith. Christopher started out as a corner. And uh, he, he did a, some good things uh, and developed. But, uh, you know, I, w- I would just say on um, what's today, May 18th, if, you know, May 18th, 2021, if I would have told you, boy, I'm really glad we got William Poole, you would have thought I was an idiot uh, based on the future. Why would keep trying to fire you? Yep. Look at William – well, a lot of people think I am any of William Poole, uh, just to me, is a great example of the transfer portal of not leaving here, hanging in here, getting his shot and taking advantage of it and getting coached. Uh, part of coaching is coaching around your weaknesses as much as it is your strength. And he's got certain things he doesn't do as well as Keely Ringo, but he's got savvy. He's got uh, the heart to play and he's got quickness. I mean, he can, he can play that inside position. And now all of a sudden we got him, we got Tyke Smith who everybody thought last year was going to be the answer, but he got his foot hurt early and then he had his knee, but uh, Tyke Smith and, uh, then you got these other guys coming in, and, and then you got Lasseter and all these others. So 
I, I think secondary is going to be a real battle. I mean, guys yeah. are going to go out there every day and have to earn their spurs, and they're going to get coached up. And uh, this defense this year, to me, is going to have kind of a burr in their saddle because everybody's going to say, hey, you can't do this. You're going to replace all that. But they're they're going to really have a challenge. But at the same time, they're going to get better all the time. And as we mentioned on this show so many times, they're going to have the benefit of playing with the lead most of the time. And, boy, that is a tremendous advantage when, when the team doesn't have the ability to call plays according to uh, – you know, hey, we you know we we just need to score a couple times and we'll be all right. They're gonna have to score a lot more points on Georgia, uh, you know, than uh, they you know we averaged thirty eight a game last year and only played about two and a half quarters most of the game. So I think we're gonna be good at that. So I look at everything at this point in the spring, like every head coach would do. Look at what your total team's gonna how you're gonna win and lose games. Uh, what's going to help you win, what's going to help you avoid losing, and your 60 to 65-man roster that are playing the games when you count special teams. Uh, I like our chances. I really like our chances. I want to touch on the family aspect of this thing, too, with Marcus Washington, just how cool it is, because there are so many former players that go through Georgia. They're very fond of the G and their time there. They hope that their kids can have that same kind of experience. And, you know, we don't all get the luck of the draw with that. Sometimes your children just aren't quite at the par athletically or even academically. And for Marcus Washington, a guy that played from 05 to 09 at Georgia, I had to go back and look up the stats just now. 64 total tackles in his career, most of it in 2007, which was a really good Georgia defense. Yeah. For him to see his son, because Marcus Washington went through Georgia, didn't really play much pro ball, and became a high school coach in a small town in Georgia. Like, that's a pretty common story for players. And then for his son to kind of live up to the billing and maybe even surpass it at this stage, that's super cool. In fact, I found a story from Georgia Dogs that they published, I guess, back when he was there. I'm going to put this on the screen here. Uh, and it was talking about how he had two kids during his senior year in college. And so this is a low-res photo from back in the day. That's, oh. <laughs> that's little Marcus on his shoulders down there. I love at, it. Uh, at Buttsmere. Yeah, so. why don't you, you superimpose Kirby in there now? He's going to be on Kirby's shoulder now. That's great. <laughs> that's a great pick. That's, that's really awesome. That is fantastic. I love but it. It's just a really cool, like, kind of well rounded family story of, like, look at the Washingtons and what they've accomplished at Georgia. Yeah. Call up, uh, let's call up Haynes. And then tell him, hey, hey, look, you know, let's get skip your son over here too. I mean, for sure, we, we're recruiting Justice really hard, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get him. And uh, you know, Thornton's son, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Bruce Thornton played corner for me, and uh, it's it's just great to see those guys come in and uh, have have kids that are you know that kind of capability that they can play at this level. Because I'm, I'm assuming, Coach, that over the years you've had former players call you and say, Coach, is there anything you can do for my kid? And at some point it's like, well, well no, if they're not up to a certain standard. Yeah, I mean, you get the, you get those calls, and it's, it's tough to say, look, you know, I'll be glad to help you, but we just can't. You just – like I had a kid that played for me that was a good receiver, and his, his son is a very good receiver in South uh, Florida. I mean, really, but he's a small uh, slot type guy. and. We just couldn't take him here. We looked at him, but uh, he's going to go to Marshall and uh, he's going to light it up up there. So I'm happy for him. But um, you know, he, as a father, as a uh, and you got to be realistic and looking at, at what your son can do. Though I mean, to, to get get to Georgia now as a player or as a student, it's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to get in here and it's hard to make for Georgia to offer you a scholarship. Yeah, there it is. Hey, uh, people could ask me, hey, Ron, is your son going to UGA? I'm like, my son is really smart, but he's not going up against the same uh, admittance requirements that I that I went up against. Mine were a lot easier. It's a hell of a lot easier to get in 1990 than it is 2022. Uh, well, I guarantee you that people don't have any idea how good a kid you got. And uh, I'm, he's, I'm, he's going to UNG. He's going to join the Corps of Cadets up there. He's so. going to light it up up there. And uh, he's an entrepreneur already. He's already got more money than Roddy. He does. I should have made him buy that damn car himself. All right. So, uh, but this brings up a question. I know we have questions from the dog event that we'll get to first, but this one is right along the lines of what you were talking about, Dane. 
This is from CCUGA. He said, did Veron Haynes play against either of the Mannings, and could their kids be on the same team? What are our chances with both Arch Manning and Justice Haynes? I don't think uh, Veron was here when we played. Peyton's last year was 97. Right. Uh, I, I think Veron came in here as a transfer from uh, Western Kentucky. Um, I, I don't think he played against them. But, hey, I, I feel like we got a really good shot at, at Justice uh, based on what I read. Um, I mean, I, I really feel like – I don't know. I don't read many of these websites, but I, I just feel like with Jed May and uh, Blaine Gilmer out there, we got two hawks on the perimeter uh, there, and they, they do a really good job of talking to the kids, which I think you can talk to the coach, the counselor, and all that, but these kids pretty much tell you what they think as far as, you know, where they stand, although they, they're going to BS you a little bit. I'm going to look at this, look at that, but uh, I think that's awesome. I don't think many people have much access to uh, Arch Manning as far as one-on-one, -on -one, but uh, – you know, I think we got a good shot, but uh, realistically, look at what Alabama's put out quarterback-wise. Uh, look at the receivers they got. I mean, even though they supposedly are going on a quarterback already that's supposed to be really good, I think that would probably hurt their chances with him. And then, of course, Texas is selling the fact that Sarkeesian's their you know, quarterback guru and all that. But uh, I think the Mannings are going to look at the supporting cast, too, who's going to be playing with you. And I know uh, Archie Manning can tell you how hard it was playing with the Saints when you you know it had no protection and defense wasn't very good and uh, same thing at Ole Miss, although they had certain qualities there at Ole Miss, they were able to win some games and all, but uh, they didn't have a great, uh, really great teams around Eli. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get him, but whoever we get a quarterback will be good. But I don't get too caught up and worried about a guy. Uh, like some people do at this point. I mean, we're not going to slit our wrist if we don't get him, but uh, there'll be certainly some good quarterbacks here in the future, just like they have been the last few years. And I'm glad we got the quarterbacks we got here now. Amen. I did some research while Coach was talking, and I have an answer to the question. November 18th, 2000, Ole Miss at Georgia, the head coach, Jim Donnan. Backup quarterback for Ole Miss, and he threw – it was 5 of 12 for 88 yards, Eli Manning. And for Georgia that day, Baron Haynes had one carry for one yard and a touchdown. Yeah, but, you know, I, I thought we were just talking about Peyton. But Eli, hey, we I knew we I could have I answered that if I listened better. We, we played against <laughs> Eli. He didn't start against us. Uh, that was kind of the coming of when he started playing. But, uh well, I never will forget in that game, we were just kind of rocking and rolling. And, you know, we had a situation at quarterback where uh, Corey Phillips had to come in and Quincy Carter had a slight break in his thumb. That's right. And, and uh, Corey Phillips just played lights out. <laughs> Killed we it. We had any kind of defense against Tech or, or, or Auburn there in that overtime game. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. But I remember – we were we were struggling a little bit. Doug Marone was our offensive line coach, and of course, I was calling the plays. He said, "Coach, why don't we line up um, um, uh, Alandis Gary, some at tailback, and then put uh, Smith in at fullback? Who was that really good? Uh, ended up being a great running back for us. But anyhow, he said, "Let's run 33 spin with him as a fullback." I said, "He's never even lined up at fullback." And so we got him over the sideline and showed him how to do it. He said, they're overreacting to our tailback. If we run 33 spin, he'll cut back against the grain. Yeah. And we, we put him in there and he went about 55. He <laughs> ran 33 spin and never had run it one time in a, in a game <laughs> with him at fullback. So it, it worked really good. God, that's why I love this show, stuff like that. I tell you, and, you uh, spread the ball around to ball carriers in this Ole Miss game. But what was the stats? Or tell us who the running backs were there. Uh, uh, Musa Smith, Musa Smith, 21 carries, 144 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. How, how long was that one touchdown? That was like 33 spin. But yeah. you talk about a recruiting story. That's the damnedest recruiting story it's ever been. Musa Smith, we didn't do diddly on him. I mean, we did diddly on him. Uh, no, uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to give you about a two-minute scenario on that. Greg Williams is from Western Pennsylvania, and he said there's a backup there. 
that we can get, Coach. He said, I think Penn State's going to overlook him. They're going to take that, that Johnson guy is the D-line coach. They're going to take his, his son. And so I called up Joe Paterno, who, you know, I know Joe. Uh, and I said, Coach, what are, you, are y'all going to recruit that Moose and Smith? I don't know. I don't know. We're probably going to take him as a defensive back, but, you know, we can't take him. I said, so you're not going to recruit him as a running back? I don't know. I don't know. So so I said, Greg, we can get him down here in the summer. Let's see what we can do. So he, he, he got the coach to bring him and one other guy with him down here, and he was going to go to South Carolina, Florida, and here. And I was supposed to go on a trip somewhere. And he said, Coach, if you could just be here one day for him, that would be great. So uh, he goes to South Carolina. Nobody's there. He talks to some GAs. He goes to Florida. Nobody's there. They, they got like a secretary and somebody else, and they show him around. And he comes here, and I'm the head coach. And it's not just because I'm the head coach, but I did everything but shine his shoes that day. I mean, I was with him for like eight hours. I mean, I drove him around. I took him in the stadium, walked out to the 50-yard line. I did everything I could. And he was comparing that from then on. And then about the middle of uh, September, he committed to us without even making an official visit or anything. It's just luck of the draw that I was here and the other coaches weren't. But I love it. Lucy turned into a really – he was a great kid. Now he's got a tremendous family. His daughter, daughters are great athletes. Lacey, his wife's awesome. It's just unbelievable the way Musa played for here. And he played good for uh, Rick too. But uh, yeah. what a player. But – Joe always kidded me after he said, we should have taken, we should have taken, <laughs> you know. And they could have had him. He's right there, you know. But that was, Brett, just, that was luck for us. Brett Milliken also had 10 carries, and Jasper Sanks had 10 carries. But I think I buried the lead here a little bit because the following year, Georgia also played Ole Miss. This is Mark Ritz. That's when he, he went crazy uh, down there when uh, he, he, he they gave him the ball. Like, how many yards did uh, – did uh, Haynes get over like 200 or something? Haynes had 26 carries for 192 yards, two Gosh. touchdowns, and he had a catch. Yeah, I would think Coach Cutcliffe was saying, who in the hell is this guy? Where did he come from? Uh, Eli Manning that day was 35 of 47 for 233, a touchdown, uh, two touchdowns and an interception. David Green didn't have to throw it that much because Veron Haynes was, was running all the time. Man, just think of how much fun it would be to see Arch Manning turn around, handing it off to Justice Haynes, and knowing the pedigree of those two guys and you know their families, and just sticking yeah, with hold, hold on, I'd rather be throwing him some instead of turning around and handing it to him. That's true, yeah, but either way, you know, just to do them lining up on the same side to see those uh, uh, names on the back of the jerseys side by side, you know, that would just be a, a fun situation to see in Georgia, and then. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of these shows are in, these shows are impulsive, but uh, you know, Ole Miss just reminds me of two things. The first time we go down there, and we land in Tupelo, and we're supposed to stay in this hotel, and there were some screwed up deals, and and none of our rooms were open. They had people in the rooms, and so we had to take like like three and four guys in a room. Oh my god! For the game and. I was staying in the Elvis Presley suite, <laughs> which uh, was pretty funny, you know. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, one of our kids had on some designer jeans. I mean, these jeans cost like a lot of money back in 98 when we played them or in 99. And one of our ops guys was telling them he couldn't go to the meeting. And I said, good God, those pants cost more than anything we got. So we let him go and uh, <laughs> you know, things like that. But. But the other thing was at the game at halftime, you know, I had these two really good policemen that were with me, highway patrolmen, and this idiot from Ole Miss is out there running up to me. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to kick your ass. And just kept on going all that, you know, and we're walking off the field. And he he wouldn't leave. And finally my uh, guy said, what do you want me to do? I said, shoot the bastard. <laughs> when that guy saw that, he just turned and ran. He thought I was going to have him shot out there, but it was pretty funny. That's the self disclosure on Ole Miss there. I love this. I'm trying to go to the Egg Bowl this year, and I don't think any story I can get from it can top what you just did. I mean, I had to, I had to get that guy away from me, man. He was, he wasn't ready for that. 
Between that and the time you told us you were recruiting in Miami and you almost got stuck up, you you've had some situations. Yeah, I know. I I got plenty of that stuff, but uh, (laughs) oh crap! We should have we should have three minute segment every week on just on on things that have happened like that. Yeah, best recruiting stories. Uh, I'm gonna take a quick uh, second here to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. Because uh, Coach got me laughing. I was thinking about the comedy uh, show they had recently. But if you're watching our show and you hear me talk about academia each week, just do me one favor. Go to their Facebook page and just, you know, hit the little favorites, you know, the uh, uh, get notif- like like the page and then hit the notification thing so that they'll let you know when stuff's coming up. Because, like, uh, Monday they have game night. You know, that was last night. Today they have Trivia Tuesday with a chance to win uh, – 70 or it's going to be uh, $90 in academia gift cards. Uh, then they have wine Wednesdays where you get uh, four three ounce pours of uh, any wine from their brand new wine list. The pairs really nice with their charcuterie boards. Uh, then on Thursday, they have a uh, documentary screening Friday. They have live music with uh, uh, Canon Tyler uh, Sunday. They have live music as well with uh, Wim Tapley. So there's music, music, games, wine, Wednesday, trivia, Get, you know stuff like that. There's always something going on with our friends at Academic Brewing Company, and we know that a lot of people went out there to celebrate uh, graduating from UGA this past week. Uh, congrats to all the grads out there. Thousands of graduates from, uh, are going out into the real world, and a lot of them celebrated out at Academic Brewing Company. A lot of them for the last time, or at least it'll be a while until they come back. So uh, shout out to all the grads, and uh, shout out to Academic Brewing Company for being such a good place to go out and actually have a big celebration. They have the room out there where you can do all the uh, fun stuff, and they have the beer garden, which would be perfect on a day like today. So, uh, hit yeah, I want to point out one thing. A couple of my friends over at UGA that work over there in the uh, athletic department at, in support roles, they go to that trivia thing out there at uh, Academia. They say it's awesome. They, they love it. And uh, so if it's good enough – and these guys are pretty selective in what they do with their night. So if they're saying it's good, it's got to be. It is. I mean – we know that our buddy Dave, our stats guy, he's a trivia master. and He's giving him the thumbs up. So that means a lot. So uh, speaking of trivia, here's, I have a trivia question for you, Coach, or at least it's a question from um, uh, talking about – we were mentioning Marcus Washington. This is from our buddy Dallas Dog again. He wants to know what is the latest on C.J. Washington, Darnell Washington, and Sean Washington. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, wow, well, that's, that's I, a I lot can of say it. I can tell you about George Washington. He never told a lie. But, uh, um, well, C.J. Washington hurt his neck. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, C.J.'s situation is is fluid from a standpoint. It just, uh, you know, had a, a very severe injury. Uh, you know, a lot of it was they, they were just being precautionary. And I think at this point that's where he stands. I, I don't know that anything – I don't know that anything has been ascertained or what, how much – uh, damage is, I mean, what the situation is going to be for this year, but uh, I would say it's up in the air for sure. Uh, Darnell Washington seems to be, I mean, he, he didn't get in the portal, so uh, he definitely, uh, and people just assumed that he might because of the situation with Gilbert and Bowers and all that, but I think, uh, you know, he's looking forward to coming back. He really worked hard until he hurt his foot again. He'll be back. He had the same injury. Uh, he, he'll be back working this summer. Uh, you know, our kids mostly are home now. They'll be back around the end of May and, and start out with, uh, you know, summer workouts. And those are a lot of running, a lot of uh, weight training, uh, learning the system. They can meet with the coaches, uh, you know, so much each week. They do some private seven-on-seven with uh, – the teams go against each other, but it, it's a it's a pretty heavy month. And then toward the end of the month, coaches go on vacation, and uh, they they continue to do that. But Sean Washington, uh, I, I wasn't aware of anything. Has he had an injury or what? I don't remember. I thought I saw him running on the sideline when they had uh, G Day. He could he could be out. He just he could, he could have been out there just uh, because he was an early enrollee. He just didn't play yeah. as much. I mean, but he's he's a big boy. I remember when he was an LSU commit. Uh, Laced on Sean, he joins a defensive uh, line class. That's that's a lot of guys fighting for quite, uh, not a, not a lot of spots, not a lot of open spots, I should say. So 
I think Shones just will be in a development year, you know, building that body into uh, SEC caliber. So, right. But I hope that answers your question. I know we have some questions from the dog vent uh, if you want to hit those up for us. It is funny, though, that we have all the Washingtons on the team now. Wasn't Boy, it like two years ago that we had like 14 iterations of Daniel on there? We got a lot of we got, we got more Smiths than we got Washingtons, though. I mean, you could probably field a team with the Daniel Sorry. Smiths and Washingtons. Yeah. Before we get to that, Coach, do you want to do another speed round that we've been doing every week? Yeah, hey, well, don't make it too fast, but uh, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still trying to get over the heat exhaustion I've got from that plane I came back on yesterday. Sat out on the damn tarmac for an hour and 15 minutes without the air conditioning, so I wasn't ready for that. Uh, you, you need some of that classic city eats to cool you down over yeah, there. Yeah, chicken livers over here, the salad, the fries, the uh, I like green all beans. That. I like Ooh. all that for the chicken livers. You are you into those chicken livers, Roddy? I am. My wife loves them, so I, good. I this is one of the few places you can get them. So what I don't eat, she will take out. So are good. Good for you. Need to take care of her. She she does a lot better with you than you do with her. This is very true. Very very true. <laughs> All right, Coach, let's, let's do a speed round here. I'll give you uh, 15 seconds on each player. You actually took my first one, which was going to be Darnell Washington. So I'm going to replace him with Brock Bowers. Yeah, I saw Brock last week uh, over there when I was uh, – before I left and uh, all smiles. He feels good about his shoulder. Uh, he's done a tremendous lot of leg work. Uh, he's going to be ready to go. Uh, and I told the fans, and I feel like this, when you got a great player like that, sometimes it's really pennies from heaven that he doesn't go through spring because of all the reps that the younger guys get. You look at what Delph got, and you look at the fact that he, he went through and didn't get any other kind of injury. So uh, he'll be ready to go. Warren Erickson. You know, Erickson has really surprised me, his uh, development. A little immature coming out of high school, like a lot of kids, but you just expect a big kid to be, you know, a, a really, really a strong personality, but he he's developed and he's really got some tools to go with his uh, size. You know, he's got quickness to, and he, he I really think he'll be able to help us. Not a whole lot this year, but down the road, I mean, he's going to be a big body we can use. Jonathan Jefferson, defensive lineman. Jonathan's just going to have to keep working, get bigger. Uh, I think he's uh, certainly got potential. He can really run. Uh, got long arms, which always help you in that position, uh, like we saw with uh, with uh, the, some of these guys we had last year. So I'm, I'm, I think he's got a lot of potential, but probably not this year. Kamari Lasseter. I'm high on Kamari. Uh, I hate that he got hurt a little bit in spring, but really impressed me during uh, the playing on the scout team. Uh, this guy really pisses Nick off at a guy from – Tuscaloosa's playing in Georgia. That's pretty awesome, I think. Uh, I, I really like that. So anything to piss the Nick Dater off. But uh, uh, and, and I'm glad that Nick is worried about the parody in college football. I, mean, uh, uh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. It's just such a real issue for Alabama that, that was worried about that uh, that some of these teams don't have the parody they do. And so he, he wants that to be like that. Come on, Nick. <laughs> So anyhow, but I, like, I really like uh, Kamari. He's got good cover skills. He's very intelligent, and uh, he's going to, like we said, corners hard to come by. You can't have enough corners, so he'll be in the rotation here unless unless Singletary and Humphrey just come in here and just rock and roll real quick, kind of like Ringo was going to do before he got hurt. We started with an offensive team leader. Let's finish with a defensive team leader, Nolan Smith. Well, Nolan, uh, I think, is really going to flourish uh, being the, the guy. You know, he's had so many guys he's had to play around, and uh, certainly it's going to be interesting to see how he does being the man out there. And uh, he's got good leadership. He's a very intelligent guy, high GPA. Uh, I think he's going to really enhance his draft status and have a big year. To have leadership, you got to have followership. That's right. What I've been told. That's, that's a good quote. And, you know, I, I was trying to do some research on Will Anderson, you know, the top player in the country, Alabama defensive end, and he, he was going to go uh, high in recruiting, and we were after it, so many guys. But at the time there, you know, we didn't end up recruiting him. And uh, uh, 
So I had some info on him. If you just one of y'all just help me a minute and uh, just talk. You know, when, you, when you start looking at guys in the SEC that are getting like Heisman buzz right now, Will Anderson's right there at the top of the list with yeah. Bryce Young, and then you're not but seeing really here, any here, of that Georgia. Here it is. At the time he was being recruited, and you got to remember, we only get one guy on the field at a time at that position. Sometimes two. We had Aziz Ojolari, Adam Anderson, Jermaine Johnson, Nolan Smith, Robert Beal, and Brenton Cox. And we had MJ Sherman committed. So yeah, but Sherman was committed too. And yeah. So how do you how do you look at it at that point? You had to look at you know the numbers, but you know it ended up not being a great. Doesn't look good because we didn't get him. But I, I can see how we wouldn't go after him hard because of those guys that were here. And then then he got. Uh, so I want to make that statement here because I like to do some research when I'm on the road. No, that's, that's a great point. I did not realize Georgia was that loaded. And you look back at how many of those guys could have been on this team this last year. Right. <laughs> and he still won the title. And and also Ojolari's brother, everybody's talking about him coming out as a big guy this year for LSU. So, And he wanted to come here. So yeah, I remember uh, talking to BJ in Rome, Georgia. He was up there for the track meet. And Georgia was in on it very close. And he said Aziz raves about Georgia. He loves it. Uh, but I got the feeling then that, you know, he, he liked Georgia, but he's also – kind of wanted to do his own thing so that's just you can't always getting the brother getting the son doesn't always isn't is not, is not automatic i should say it's a remarkable room there so let's yeah. keep going here let's get to uh some of the questions over at the dog vents uh this is from dog kc what's more likely that georgia loses to one of south carolina florida tennessee or kentucky or that georgia goes undefeated against them you know, uh, anything can happen in a game. Uh, more times than not, you lose games. You don't. The other team doesn't beat you like that South Carolina game a few years ago. I mean, it could happen. You know, playing at South Carolina, you never know. We, we got to play at Kentucky, but um, it, it's just. And I was reflecting on it with with one of my Oklahoma cronies out there when when we had it rocking out there, kind of like they do here now. You just so worried that you're going to lose one game. You can't even enjoy the victory. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about now. We're going to lose a game. Uh, I mean, still uh, got three months to enjoy the national championship. But nothing against his question, but uh, we would have to play not real good for any of those teams to beat us, I think. I think you could easily argue that Georgia is bordering on double-digit favorite in Vegas for every game on the schedule. Right. Up until, you know, postseason. I'm talking SEC championship. Obviously, right. it's a different ballgame then. But who, for the people on the regular season schedule, it, it may not be quite 10 points, but it's going to be hovering that way for most of them. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. From Billy Zane, does Georgia have more weapons this year, particularly in the passing game, than any other year in recent memory? And do you as a coach worry about having to distribute the ball to keep more guys invested and focused? Absolutely, we got the weapons. Absolutely, with a capital A and a little Y at the end. We, <laughs> we got them. Uh, we're going to be really good there. A lot of explosive plays. Our running game is going to be good. Enhance. That's where you make your, your, your money, you play action pass. We got a wizard back there that can avoid the rush and, and get on the perimeter and put pressure on the defense where they have a hard time rushing him. So uh, we'll make a lot of explosive plays. Uh, if you start worrying about distributing the ball, then you'd probably need to go sell used cars or do something else. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a used car salesman, but uh, you can't you can't get into that. I mean, you can talk a little bit about it, like particularly when you're winning. You, and you look over there, one of your GA said, well, how many times did so-and-so caught it? And you call throwing three straight passes or something. But uh, you're just trying to win the game. You, you don't get too caught up in that. But Shout out to Timmy Gay as the used car salesman over at Athens Ford. Thanks, Timmy. Yeah, I, I'd say that's good. Uh, but I, I want to – that was a bad statement. I mean, no, nah, just tease it. It's a good guy. But, but the, the point is – he probably makes good sense, that guy from Kate, was it Casey, whatever his name was. Yeah. He makes good sense because the transfer portal better be worried a little bit about getting the ball to some of these guys. So I'm, I've, I've, I didn't have the transfer portal to worry about. But but I did have a sheet 
that little place on every game plan that I had on how you going to get the ball to Champ and how you get the ball to, um, you know, Heinz uh, Ward, whoever your, your big daddy was, just in case things weren't going good, just so you don't rely on your memory. These are ways we can do it without the reads and everything. And um, that's one thing that all good coaches, everybody said, well, it's not in the progression. That's why he's not getting the ball. I'm going to tell you some progressions you send in the play. Throw the ball to champ. I don't give a shit who's on him. Throw it to him. Use my language. But that's what you do. No progression. Throw it to champ. Yeah. To me, I'm thinking you have three top tight ends that you know can produce and Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and Arik Gilbert. Then you start going down uh, A.D. Mitchell, Arian Smith, Ladd McConkey, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. Kiers, Jackson, Dominic Blaylock. And I think that Billy Zane nailed it. It's like, you know, do you have more weapons this year in the passing game? I'm like, throw it to, throw it to uh, uh, Kendall Milton. Throw it to Kenny McIntosh. And that's not – that's Jackson, I mean, it's just absolutely loaded. I'm thinking you got this great running back core, but they can also catch passes out of the backfield. So I think Billy Zane uh, hit it. This is depth like – if he says in – then in recent memory, yes, in recent memory, this is a loaded, loaded, and he, and we still get the knock on Georgia that they're not great, they don't have great receivers. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> when we had the leading producer, McConkey's the leading, based on what Brent Rollins said, the leading producer for deep plays coming back in the country. But, but you know, like 17, uh, we had all those good receivers and and from throwing to them. I mean, we're an explosive team, but yeah, um, I just think. More than likely, uh, particularly with our schedule, we probably might not have the stats that some of these other teams have because you play about two and a half quarters with your first team. Well, I think that's what you mentioned stats. And I think that's what it is. People don't think of Georgia as being a you know huge passing uh, top wide receiver uh, team because you don't have a thousand yard receiver, you don't have nine hundred yard receivers, but you have eight guys who get five hundred yards. You know, so it's uh, I think it's fine. I mean, you just had George Pickens go pretty high in the NFL draft, and that's yeah. really how that narrative gets changed. <laughs> well, you had two, where do these guys do in the pros? You had two guys go in the second round, and they, they're not – I mean, Cook, Cook's going to be explosive for uh, Buffalo. I mean, can you imagine him up there with old, uh, with that Allen kid throwing the ball and throwing him out of the backfield? Mouthwater <laughs> player of the week every week going forward. Yeah. He'll be playing in a new stadium up there too, right? They just shelled out a ton of money for a new stadium in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, they probably have that ready about the time Niagara Falls falls down. <laughs> and, Coach, you mentioned transfer portal. I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Matt Landers finding his way back to the SEC and reuniting with uh, Sam Pittman. So, Landers to Arkansas. Didn't know if you had any thoughts on that unity returning to the conference. Yeah, I'm happy for Matt. I mean, you know, he went up to Toledo and had – a lot of big plays. He didn't get a lot of receptions, but he had some big plays looking at his stats. And uh, we'll see how he does. But, uh, you know, they know all about him. So, uh, he's a heck of a practice player. I hope he can take it to the to the games. I mean. You can't teach had, that size, that's for sure. He just had some issues catching the ball when the band was playing. Uh, one more question from the dog vent, and then we'll flip it over to some that Roddy nabbed from Facebook, and we have some in the comments if we get to them as well here on YouTube. From Blocker57, assuming Stetson Bennett doesn't somehow qualify for a sixth or seventh year of eligibility, what does he do after the season concludes? Sets, him on, sets himself on fire for a dollar. I mean, this guy's got so many things going on right now. Watch his football camp. I was impressed with all those little kids running around with 13 on their back. Uh, you know, I, I think it's – can you imagine a young kid who's very impressionable, impressionistic to go out and here's Stetson Bennett hanging with you on a Saturday. I mean, it's got to be great. And that, that's what's terrific about NIL. I mean, these kids are able to uh, make, make some money on their name. But he also – can you imagine the benefit all those kids have going to a camp with a young uh, – quarterback like Stetson. Uh, they loved it. I thought that was awesome. But what will he do afterward? I mean, I don't know. He, you know, he'll probably get a shot at the pros. I mean, he, too, he got too good an arm, and uh, even though his size is is questionable, he's taller than than uh, Young, who's going to – they're talking about being the first-round draft choice. So I'm sure he'll get a shot somewhere. 
big hands too. So, so there's, always, there's always the thing about quarterbacks who have big enough hands. He's got ten yeah, inch hands. So. Maybe Pickett went to Pittsburgh with little hands. I mean, hey, that happened. I do want to give a shout out to the folks that ran that uh, Stetson Bennett camp on Saturday. I went out there. I think I was the only media person out there. And that was a very well run camp. Those kids had an absolute blast, and they were just. How many would you say were there? Three hundred. Really? Yeah. What they charge them? Don't know. I didn't look at it. I just walked up as if I'd, if I'd paid my money. <laughs> just, but, uh, and shout out to the uh, nice police lady that ran me off after I started asking them questions. So. Uh, uh, who, what, who are you asking question? The kid asking where he's going to sign? <laughs> no, I was asking Stetson about his uh, Blue Angels uh, trip. He said it was fantastic. And uh, and the woman after he answered the question, she's like, "That's enough." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> who, who said that? The police lady. He had uh, he had some people out there making sure he didn't get uh, swarmed. At least he didn't ask you to. He didn't ask that lady to shoot you like I did. <laughs> I'll send you the audio. It's, <laughs> but no, hey, I didn't ask anybody. That's pretty impressive. He went out to the camp. Yeah, I wanted to get an interview. So, has he got any more? Uh, I don't know. I have to look that up. Um, I just just knew about that one. Plus, it's a winder. I didn't have to go that far. Yeah, good. <laughs> Speaking of not going far, if uh, you are hungry and you want to grab a Your Pie pizza this week, if you order online or through the app on the Your Pie Rewards app, and remember today is Double Points Day, they have free delivery for this week from the 16th to the 22nd. So starting yesterday through the 22nd of May, they have free delivery if you order online or through the app. Of course, do it through the app. Do it today to get your double points. So you can get the Ishka. You can get the Nat. You can get the uh, the the Southern Heat. You can get their their uh, uh, pastas, uh, custom pastas. You can get the salads. You can get the sandwiches, all that great stuff. And you can get it delivered to you at your business, at your home, wherever you are for free. So that's a special deal they're running this week only. Jump on it. Uh, don't don't miss it. Uh, try their, you know, one thing I would say about your pie, we went yeah. out to a place in uh, Oklahoma that's similar to that. Yeah. It costs twice as much as, and I'm not worried about any how much anything costs really. Uh, I guess I should be, but I was just thinking. I said, "Man, this, this, these people get—they uh, just need to get a your pie here." I mean, everything was like jacked up compared to your pie, and it, it wasn't near as good either. Uh, they they do it well. There have been a lot of knockoffs. The concept is fantastic, and Drew Nelly French came up with a great concept, and people have been stealing it and trying to duplicate it. But they can't do it the quality, and they can't do it for the price. And right. uh, your pie's just kicking our ass, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I need to tell Drew I was out doing a scouting report for him out there. <laughs> All right, what we got next here? We have some other questions. Uh, this was a good one for Spencer. He sent it in last week, but it came in towards the end of the show, and I missed it. He says, uh, who all gets rings, championship rings, besides the players? Do the enro early enrollees who went to the bowl practices get them? Do the cheerleaders? Do the, the members of the band? Do the boosters? Do the field maintenance people? Who all gets rings? And I'm like, that's a great question. I don't know. This is first yeah, time I think, a football I think game. It's a little bit different on a national championship in the fact that you probably include some people that you normally wouldn't on a on a around the building, you know, maybe that aren't necessarily football people, but they're people that have something to do with the athletic department. As far as boosters, there's certain boosters that get them. They give so much money that goes with, uh, you know, hey, you give me this much money, you know, it's in your, your deal there, which it should. Yeah, and it makes then, perfect uh, sense. Uh, I don't know that the cheerleaders get them. That, I mean, I'd be all for it. They, they might get a pendant, which is a copy of it or, you know, they put around their neck, but I, I'm not sure about the, I'll have to look on the cheerleaders, but uh, uh, who, who else did he mention? The, the band boosters or field band, maintenance people, stuff band, like that. Band, the maintenance people would. I mean, anybody to do with the football office, they would. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I wasn't sure it was just the players and that was it, or if it expanded out beyond that. I knew that uh, a lot of the SIDs will get them, and you'll see a. Uh, I remember going into. Uh, they should. Steve Colquitt's office, and of course, he was there for a lot of 
uh, swimming championships, tennis championships, and and not in SEC championships. Because remember, if you win the SEC, you get a ring too. And he has a box just full of rings where he's been the. And I can't imagine what Claude Felton's looks like. His desk would probably collapse under the weight of all his the rings he's gotten over the years. So yeah, it's Claude's just pretty. But you know what Kirby does is uh, he takes them and puts them on a a, a big uh, thing on his. Uh, he's got this in his office. He's got this couch and then a table there and he's got the uh, championship rings on there that that he's won and that's pretty impressive i mean he's got four, this is his fifth uh, i don't know he might have won one at lsu was he coaching at lsu when they won i don't know if he was or not but i know he's got five i wanted to show this picture from uh georgia football they put it out on twitter so this is matt brown the walk-on linebacker and tight end he got his championship ring and he graduated uh, on Friday. And I only put this because I've gotten to know him a little bit from the sports media program at UGA. And uh, so he graduated with a sports media certificate. And uh, he's, I think, looking to, to go play, uh, do a little graduate transfer, maybe play with his one more year of eligibility. All to say, it was really cool to meet his family and uh, kind of see the, the academic side of what he's accomplished. And you see that ring on his hand there with all the other uh, academic awesome. paraphernalia. It was really cool. Hey, they just, every guy that's on that comes out there and practices, the managers, the trainers. Uh, student assistants, they all play a role in, in winning because you, you got to have a machine out there. It's got to work. Everything's got to work. And uh, uh, I can tell you that some of the, the best guys that are really out in the business world today were managers that uh, had to get things ready for practice and organize it and uh, assemble all the different people under them and everything. It's just uh, amazing what you got to have. And Nothing makes a coach more mad than going to a drill and everything not be set up for, and you have to go over there and set up the dummies or they didn't put it right. So that's a waste of time. I mean, the only yeah. thing the only thing you got even with uh, any school you play is time. How do you use it? Don't confuse, a, you know, activity with accomplishment. Just because you're moving around, what are you getting accomplished? I mean, you know, hey, but I tell you, we got the most organized practice. I've ever seen anywhere. I mean, I can say that without a doubt. We don't waste any minute. I mean, Kirby spends 45 minutes before every practice going over uh, with one or two guys about where everybody's going to be every minute. I mean, and Feinberg says that, Coach, you should get a ring. You brought Kirby in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't need I don't need any more rings. I got plenty of those, but uh, I've, I've got plenty of happiness just us winning, but I'm sure if I would ask, I would have asked for one. I probably could have gotten one, just because I, you know, you were a ex-coach here or something. But I don't, I didn't do anything to help them win. That's for sure. Coach, you you actually answered this question earlier. Uh, this is questions from Del Monaco, and I don't know if it's where he's from. Yeah, I like name or the state. I like those states. He <laughs> yeah. says, uh, "When do the players take time off? It's, does it seem?" Does it not seem that they went from the title game to spring camp and then on to summer workouts? And you mentioned they got, that they, they, basically had, they had basically have three weeks in May here, unless they had to go to May Mester, which is a combination summer school where they go to one class every day, all day. And that would be only to help you get closer to graduation or if you had an academic situation, you need to rectify to be eligible. But from what I understand, we're in really good shape at, shape at academically as far as next year, except for, I'm not going to say, but uh, we're in good shape. Okay. Uh, uh, Dana, I'm going to have you answer some of the questions or ask some of the questions from the uh, from YouTube and Facebook there. As we, But I'm going to touch on Austin H's one here. Uh, he says, I was expecting a lot more guys to go into the portal. What happened? And uh, Coach kind of mentioned that earlier in the show. Austin, if you weren't on there yet, uh, saying that uh, not to worry about the roster management. And again, if you look at our list and we have like 88 guys listed on scholarship, we don't, we basically work that off of the guys that Georgia has listed as signees. You know, on uh, signing day, they say, here are all the people that signed with Georgia, or here are all the new enrollees. Some of those are on scholarship, some are not, some are gray shirting, some are, there's transfers going on. But knowing uh, Neyland Rapier, uh, knowing Coach uh, Smart, knowing those guys, there's more going on than what we know. So it's, it's 
and we've hey. asked. We we've tried to get like who yeah, are your eighty five, and we're, they're not going to give. They're not going to tell us. Here's the deal. You think they would have taken this kid last night if they didn't? Exactly. They didn't get the eighty five. I mean, right. that, that's my point. It's like, and I'm, I'm frustrated as a journalist because I want to be able to say with exact, exact. I can tell you right now we're under the eighty five. Okay. Oh, I know. But Don't be frustrated. Don't be frustrated. I'm just no, saying, chicken livers. I, I'm 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 agreeing with you, Coach. That they're not going to go over, but I don't know which guys are here on their own dime or not. I'm over here, Bob. I'm over here after it's over, and I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> I don't want you to be frustrated, man. You need to enjoy your son's oh, graduation. Yeah. Don't I be am. So I'm just saying. Uh, uh, that's answered off stage questions. Hit up some of the other ones there in the uh, comment section, if you would, Dave. Shout out to uh, Darius Smith's father for watching the show in the chat over here. Who's that? Darius Smith, his father. Hey, good. I'm glad he's watching. We're glad he got him coming in here. What a track star. He's a football player, too. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a football player. He's, uh, I think he won, he, he won two titles. You're watching the right show, Mr. Smith. Don't watch <laughs> any of those other clowns. Yeah. Uh, very underrated uh, signing in this class, in my opinion. Anybody uh, that size that can run? Whew. Here's a question from Jordan Harris. Coach Donnan, how do you feel about Georgia's inside linebacker situation? The injuries make me nervous. Well, we lost some good players, first of all. You lose three guys to the NFL draft. Uh, but we got some talented people coming up. We, we got some that have some injuries. You know, Marshall's had trouble with his, with his shoulder. Uh, uh, Washington got hurt this spring. Uh, but we, we got some good players there. And uh, like I said at the get-go of the show, it's going to be fascinating all summer to watch these guys interact, go seven on seven versus the offense, uh, and learn from each other. But uh, the talent is there, and the the thing that's going to help us is they're not going to have to play by themselves. They're going to have the forcing unit up front with guys like Walker and Smith and Stackhouse and Bogue and all those guys, so that that enhance your ability to play linebacker because you're able to. People aren't uh, on you on the blocks. I mean, they they, they uh, consume the blocks, space eaters. So you don't have to. And uh, the thing we talk about is phone booth. There used to be linebackers that you know just played in a phone booth and didn't have to do anything but deliver a blow with their inside or outside form and and display a gap. Now you got to be able to play um, so many things outside. Uh, play the uh, RPOs where it looks like a run but it becomes a pass. And then on top of that, play in space so much with the underneath routes. And the thing that people have done passing-wise that 20 years ago we didn't do near as much as they They do these pattern reads where they, you know, they read the, the, the drops of the linebackers or they read the, whether the end is in a zone blitz or whatever it might be. So the back's adjusting to what the defense does as much as the defense to the offense. So you got to be really up there defensive-wise and maybe show them like you're doing one thing and then do another. And Lynn Schumann does a great job with that with our linebackers. So I feel good about the secondary and the front are going to enhance our linebacker play because we can play man coverage, we can pressure the quarterback, and they're not just going to be guys that have to make every tackle, okay? So uh, it's a concern, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, probably the last thing you'd eat on the buffet. Don't worry about it. And we'll uh, wrap the show with this one, unless Roddy has something more after. This is from Lee Godowns. It says, I want to know if Coach thinks that Georgia will go 14 personnel and split three tight ends wide or run a tight end screen out, out wide with those big boys blocking the smaller defensive backs. Well, Lee, you've been doing some studying here. Uh, I think we'll do it. I mean, we can get those guys on the field. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, our our playbook is is very uh, wide open, and Coach Munkin's very good at uh, utilizing the skill level of our guys. And a lot of it will depend on injuries. Uh, or, you know, if some for some reason you got a wide receiver down, and you, you need one more tight end in the game, but I, I can guarantee you we're going to have at least three on there a lot of the time because we want to keep them happy, like I said, but at the same time, defensively, it just puts so much pressure on you to have big guys that can block you, but also get down the field and make you 
way could go against some mismatches on safeties and linebackers. And it, as much as you just like to say, let's let's just look at it like this. If you're a defense, you're going to have a really good corner more than likely. So that corner is going to cover A.D. Mitchell, and Mitchell's going to make some plays, and that, that kid's going to stop him. Keely Ringo is going to do the same thing against a great receiver. But all of a sudden, who are you going to put on Bowers? Who are you going to put on Washington? Who are you going to put on Gilbert? And now you got all three of them in there, and you can't even put one of them on and cover them. Now you got to cover three of them. So that is going to have some defensive coaches. Instead of going to Destin this summer, they're going to be in the locker room studying film to try to figure out how to stop it. And that was one thing in the uh, – looking back at the game against uh, Alabama, the championship game in the SEC, when we had those three tight ends in there, they were so worried about Bowers going deep that they were off the ball. And if we had to run the ball a little bit more, you know, self-critique, it's just such a gaping area to run the ball when, when they're so worried about the pass. So good question, Lee. I'm going to tell you, give yourself credit. That's going to be something we use for sure. I'd love to see – I mean, I liked his idea of throwing to another tight end with those three tight ends and a wedge, you know, blocking for him. But what if you put somebody really uh, like a Lad McConkey catching that screen pass with those three guys ahead of him? Right. <laughs> well, we got some guys that – Shoot through there. We got – answer another part. We got some guys in Seether and Delp that can come in there and uh, play that. Uh, and we got one more coming in too, is it? Uh, when is When uh, Pierce Burley is 2023. Yeah, he's going to be He here. and Lawson Lucky will be together. Yeah. together. So, yeah. Unless there's another reclassification. Lucky, another, lucky another, uh, <laughs> another legacy guy. I mean, has anybody – has Patrick Garman ever looked up – has anybody ever had three guys, three brothers, set of triplets playing on one team beside us? I don't think so. I mean, I'll, I'll have him look into it because that would be – and not only that, we just need to do something on all the legacies that are coming back. I mean, you've got a lot of them. So, but yeah. I guarantee you one thing. You know, we when we got those guys, there was no question. And that, to me, is a great reason why you stay with somebody. But boy, when when those lucky triplets, all three contributed contributed to our team, and and then the the one became our center. You know, Coach Selpo really worked with him and worked with him, and he was a stallion for us. I mean. And we thought early on that he would probably be the, the lesser of the three, but he, he played great. And both of them at linebackers, too bad Mike got hurt, but he, he ended up going another year up to James Madison and just played lights out for Coach uh, Mickey Matthews up there. But I just, I'm proud of those lucky guys. And you, 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 I'm really proud that, that Mike's got a son coming here and he's got another one in the eighth grade that's bigger than Dallas. It's going to be an unbelievable lineman, too. I'm going to make some notes. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, I appreciate everybody that tuned in today. I was glad to get, I was glad to get back here to Classic City East and to have Coach Donna back with us. Although, you know, shout out to Russ Tanner for jumping in last week and helping out. And um, he, he did a good job. But it's always good to have Coach back. It means a lot to us. Uh, so, yeah, I'll see, you other, I'll see you in about four weeks. That's it. <laughs> and a shout out to Dane, who I know is uh, battling Dane, some Dane, injury report. Way to go, Dane. Yeah, no, he's battling injury, uh, illness himself and with his family, but he's able to do the whole show. It means a lot. And, of course, thank you, everyone, who sent in your questions. That's the best part of our show is answering questions for you. We love doing that. And good we love questions. Some, some really yeah. good questions. Uh, good questions make a good show. And we will have a bunch of new questions next week, so tune in next Tuesday at noon. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, of course, Athens Ford, who took care of me and my boy recently, got us a new vehicle out there, a new used vehicle, uh, your pie. Uh, academia. Oh, I forgot to mention Dead Soxie. Give me one second here. Because Dead Soxie has a new thing that um, you have to check out. They have custom socks where if you are a um, you're trying to come up with some type of promotional event, you can go out and reach out to Dead Soxie and they will do premium custom socks for you. Now, it's really cool because it's their same quality socks. And let's say you're promoting your business, your company, your uh, anything like that. Uh, you can do a order of custom socks it's the minimum order is only 120 so you don't have to do a 5,000 socks or anything like that the lead time is about six to eight weeks so it doesn't take that long and they will help you start the whole thing so you don't have to say well i don't have the logo i don't have the design you just tell them what your idea is you reach out to dead socks and you say look here's my idea i run a place called classic city eats i want people to wear socks you know have our socks because everybody you know 
wear socks just about every day. You can get them a pin, you can get them a phone case or anything like that, but something branding that they will wear all the time. And again, high quality that, you know, people wear socks every day. They also wear their favorite socks a lot. Well, it could be their favorite socks would be the ones with your logo on it. So they'd see it every week, every uh, every 10 days or however, you know, however, however many you give them. So check out our friends at Dead Soxy. Uh, it's really easy. Go to deadsoxy.com slash custom. And you can check out what they can do with custom socks. I've seen some of these. They were designed for our buddy at uh, the 76 Apparel. These are going to be amazing. So go ahead. If you run a business, if you're uh, trying to come up with some way to reach out to your customers that you haven't done before, you know, you're tired of doing the pins or the drawstring backpacks that nobody uses anymore, stuff like that. Get rid of all that stuff and reach out to our friends at Dead Soxy. They're absolutely going to love it. So shout out to Dead Soxy. And sorry, I waited till last to mention them. I was very excited about it when I got that uh, new thing that they're promoting. So I should have I led the show with that, but I was too excited about the car. Anyway, uh, tune in next Tuesday, and I will have more uh, questions for Coach Donnan. Uh, and be sure to send them in when you get a chance, and we'll talk to you then.